Welcome Redeemed Church Online. My name is Elizabeth Vangren and I am super excited to bring this message to you today. I can't tell you how excited I am to preach this message today. It's going to be over John chapter 15 verses 1 through 11. We are in the middle of a series called Updating Our Operating Systems and what I can't, I can't even describe to you this, this passage is exactly that. Jesus is telling his disciples exactly how to update their operating system. Um, it, this, this, this moment to me feels like my wedding day. I have been engaged with this message for years. It has been on my mind, it has been in my heart, and by God's grace and his timing, I'm the one that gets to preach this message. In fact, when we were planning uh, who gets to teach what out of the book of uh, John or for this series, there were a couple of us who wanted this series, but I got it. No, not this series. A couple of us who wanted this passage, but I got it. And it is just by the grace of God that I got it. And actually, his, just his perfect will, because in 2020, you know, we all kind of pick a new word for the year. I um, had the word, in 2019, I had the word wonder, and it was all about learning the wonders of God and wondering about his word and what, is, what do things mean in life in Christ. And, and I was just pretty excited to see like what word he would give me for the year 2020, like go harder, go stronger, uh, you know, something more along those lines. I really felt like he was calling me to something very specific. And I was praying about it, and the word that he gave me was abide. And I was just like, but Lord, I've been doing that. Like, I've already been inviting you so regularly, so routinely. And so when he gave it to me, it just broke me down because it was a message to me like, I still, I want to abide in you. I still want you to come to me. This is still the secret to your life is to come to me and abide. And so all of 2020, COVID happened in 2020. So it was actually a perfect time because I was home. We were all home more. And um, I, I just dove in to the word abide. In fact, I had it made and I put it on a bracelet. And so, and I still wear, still wear it. When 2021 came, I have a new word for this year, but I didn't want to take off the bracelet because what it, what it symbolizes is God still wants to abide in me and I, he still wants me to abide in him. And this is my daily memory for that. So this is what this message is going to be about. In fact, the word abide is going to be used 10 times in this passage. I asked God how he wanted to, how he wanted me to approach teaching this because I have learned a lot about this, this subject. And because I'm a former school teacher, and if you ever saw my classroom, it was visual eye candy. And I don't know if that's actually best for teaching because it's a lot of stimulation for kids, but he asked me to approach this message using visuals. As you can see here, I've got some fake grapevines from Hobby Lobby. I have the good old clippers, which represent the vine dresser. I've got a couple other things here that I'm going to pull out and you're going to see on the screen. Um, but this message is going to be very visual. So I highly encourage you not to put this on, uh, not to listen to this, to watch this, not only because it's visual, but because I got my braces off too. So there's that. I want you to see my, my very expensive teeth here. Uh, no, just kidding. It's going to be visual and things are going to pop up on the screen. And so also if uh, you, were, you saw this um, sermon done live, I have even <laughs> more visuals. So uh, anyway, um, this is going to be, the Lord also asked me to tell you what I have learned about abiding in Christ. And that's hundred messages with that, but I brought my journal here and I'll explain more about that. Um, nugget after nugget after nugget personally for me, and I know you have them too if you've been abiding in Christ. Um, last week, Eddie uh, spoke beautifully and um, in John chapter 15, or John chapter 14, and he talked about how the message is actually just really clear. 
And it's because Jesus is talking. He is a clear dude. Like he, he does speak in parables. In fact, this is actually an allegory. It's an extended metaphor, but it's very clear. And if you dive into what this metaphor, um, if you dive into this metaphor, if you study this metaphor in, in real life context, I promise you, there is gonna be a never ending amount of learning in your life. So I'm really excited to share this with you. Um, you have probably heard this message over a thousand times. You've probably heard these words over a thousand times. And that's why I want to start with this quote from C.S. Lewis out of the book Mere Christianity. I'm actually a new fan of C.S. Lewis. I think he wrote the Narnia books, right? But I thought he was a sci-fi guy. And so I was like not really into him. But he's a Christian and he wrote a lot about Christianity. And he wrote this book called Mere Christianity and I'm totally loving it. There's this quote though that I thought was very applicable to to believers and, um, and to this passage. It says, the real job of every moral teacher is to keep on bringing us back time after time to the old simple principles which we are so anxious not to see. I, I guess I'm a moral teacher. I'm, I am a teacher and I am teaching on, on Christian morals. So yes, it's my job in this, in this sermon to bring you back to the secret of life, to the principle that is going to never fail you. Before we get started, I, I mean, I have planned and I have prepped for this, but I just want to open it up to the Holy Spirit to what he has to say. So if you could bow your, hand, your head with me and fold your hands and just open up your hearts to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you give me the exact words that you want to say in this message? Would you uh, open up the hearts to every person who is listening to the sound of my voice to your words? And I ask, Lord, that each word that falls uh, on the, it falls in their hearing. God transforms their life. I ask for transformation, Father God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you'd get out your Bibles or open up your phones, um, the passage is going to come up, but I want to give you just a quick uh, little bit of context. So Jesus is talking to his disciples just before Passion Week. He is literally giving them their new operating system for how to continue living life with him in the spirit since he will no longer be with them in the flesh. As you know, most of them are believers, but Judas was not. Okay, so that's all the context I'm really going to give. I remember he's not specifically talking to a sea of people. He's talking to his his, his disciples, the ones that have been walking with him and listening with him and learning from him. And he's giving him the, the most beautiful secret to life. Chapter 15 out of John verses 1 through 11, and I'm using the ESV. I am the true vine. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that, my joy, that your joy may be full. Wow. 
Okay, I'm gonna break this down just a bit. In this passage, there are three clearly defined roles. There's the role of Christ, the role of Father, of our Father, and the role of Christ's disciples, us, for believe, uh, believers. The word in abide in, the word abide in Greek is meno, and it means to dwell. It does not mean to visit. It does not mean to vacation. It means to dwell. Dwell or abide is used 10 times in this passage. There are also a list of verbs, and some of these verbs are repeated many times. Abide, ask, keep, and bear. Very important. There are also clear results of what happens when these action words are put in practice and when they are not. I would really like to break down the three roles for you. This is a visual part. The passage is going to come up on the screen, and the role of Jesus in the passage is going to be highlighted in red. The role of... Um, us is going to be in yellow and God's role is going to be in blue. So I'm going to read the list of the role of Jesus and you're going to see it in red in the passage. He is the true vine. He has spoken to us. Jesus abides in us. He is the vine. His words abide in us. Jesus loved us. He kept his father's commandments. He abides in his father's love. He has spoken to us these things. His joy is in us. Okay, that's the role of Jesus. God the Father. Again, the whole passage is going to come up on your screen. And, it's, and God the Father's role is going to be in blue. He is the vine dresser. He takes away. Another version of this or another way to translate takes away is to hold up. He prunes. He is glorified. He loved Jesus. Okay, and then the third role, us, Jesus' disciples. These are going to be coming up on the screen in yellow, our role, or what it is about us. We are clean because of what Jesus has spoken. We abide in Jesus. We are compared to branches. We are, we are the branches on the vine of Jesus. We bear fruit if we abide. We can do nothing without Jesus. Branches that do not abide are thrown away. Jesus' words abide in us. We ask what we wish, and we show proof of being Jesus' disciples, and again, we abide in Jesus' love. There are very clear roles of each, of each person in this uh, scenario, in this secret to life. And, I, and I, that's so important to, to, to remember and to hold on. To sum it up, God the Father works through us. God, sorry, excuse me. God the Father works through Jesus the source to make us the branches fruitful or another way. It is God's job to take care of us through his son, Jesus. And it is our job to remain connected to God's son, Jesus. It is our job to dwell in the vine of the true vine of life, which brings me to the three titles. Yes. Three I have for this sermon. One is one. There was one that was used for the, you know, for to, to, to uh, highlight it or whatever, or to title it on the screen. But I have three. Why do I have three? As you grow on the vine of Jesus, your fruit becomes more mature. In this audience, in this room, or whoever's listening, we have branches that have gone, uh, gone through many harvests, and we have some that have just gone through their first harvest. And if, in fact, a fun little wine fact, I'm so, I can't believe I get to talk about Jesus and wine. Are you kidding me? I also used to work at a winery. Yes, I love wine. I was a wine bartender. I mean, I can't even believe that God has redeemed this part of my life and I get to talk about wine in a really healthy, fun way. Uh, but here's a fun fact. 
uh, new wine, there's a certain kind of new wine called Beaujolais uh, Nouveau, and it's specifically enjoyed at Thanksgiving time for its new fruity taste. You can leave it on the vine for a while, you know, you, you mean, sorry, you can, you can barrel it and it can last for a long time and it does taste a lot different as it ages, but Beaujolais Nouveau is known for its first harvest. Straight, not even barrel, just pour it in that first harvest and it's supposed to be amazing with, things, with turkey. I wouldn't know. Just kidding. Uh, okay, so back to the first three titles. Back to the, free, the three titles. The first title is The Secret to Your Best Life. This title is for those wondering all of the things. Like, it's a flashy title, right? It grabs your attention. Like, who doesn't want to know what the secret to your best life is? Okay? Juicy Fruit is my second title. Juicy Fruit. This is for those who get it, who understand that the secret to life is staying connected to Jesus. They remain in fellowship with him and they are beginning to produce fruit in their life. It, this title is appealing. It's happy. It's exciting. The third title, this is called After the Harvest. This title is for those old in the vine, the pruned, the productive, yet they are still joyful. joyful. It's for those who have been pruned back, stripped away, and emptied of, of yourself year after year, season after season, harvest after harvest, and they are not simply happy, but they're joyful. Happiness is not the same as joy. That's a little nugget. I know, I know some of you know that, but I didn't know that, and that was one of the things I learned when I, by abiding in Christ, that happiness is not the same thing as, as joy and full joy. Um, this title, Bertha, if you're watching, this is for you. This is for all the Berthas and the Martys and the Marcies. Can we just acknowledge those in our lives and in our churches who have abided in the Lord for decades? We have been able to enjoy the fruit of their lives season after season. And let's do a quick clarification on fruit here before we start thinking that the fruit that is being referred to in this passage has anything to do with achievements or things or degrees, money or hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of likes or positive comments on your social media. That is not the fruit that, I, that Jesus is speaking of. The fruit that he is speaking of is spiritual fr fruit, which leads me to my first point, and I have three, and you're gonna love this. All of my points are Bible verses which I know some of you will really appreciate more than these perfectly crafted, alliterated points, but uh, uh, all of them are gonna be Bible verses and they're also going to be questions, questions that come up when you read this passage. So point number one is Galatians 5.22. Question is, what is fruit? What is this much fruit that we bear? Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The fruit can also be internal fruit like Galatians 5 lists, love, joy, peace, and it's in your heart. It can also be external fruit. It could be the works that you do. And uh, I was talking to Pastor Dave, and he kind of called it the hand and the heart. You have your heart fruit and your hand fruit. Thanks, Pastor Dave. The fruit is also seasonal. We were, we're going to see a great visual of this coming up. Fruit out of, on a grapevine grows in clusters. Isn't this fascinating? Joy, peace, patience, self-control. These single grapes, if you will, they grow together in a cluster. What is fruit good for? It's for loving others. It's provision for others. It's, it's abundant life. 
Um, think of Job. <laughs> everything was taken away, but God restored everything. That is a, if that's a picture of seasonal fruit, I don't know what is. And then disciples. I don't have time to go the disciples, but do a study on their fruit. We, in fact, are the fruit of their good works and their faith. Next point is John 3.16. Question, can we go in and out of abiding? Like, can we abide today but not later today or tomorrow? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let's just live in this for a bit. What do you think? Can you go in and out of abiding? No. If you believe you abide. Somebody needs to hear this today. You have not been cut off if your faith has been a little weak. If you believe in Christ, you abide. Either believe in Christ or you don't. Okay, remember the context. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He uses an allegory to explain this. Again, it's an extended metaphor. Um, but he knows amongst the group there is not a true believer. Judas did not truly believe. He was not a branch. He may have looked like a branch because he hung out with Jesus, but he was not a branch. Remember, fruitfulness is a process, and Judas's process proved fruitless. Those who believe in Jesus can be recognized by their fruit. It says in Matthew 6, uh, chapter 7, verses 16 through 20, if you, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good, good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. But hey, you can unplug. Okay, I'm going to go into this in, an, in another point, another picture down the road down the, in a few minutes. But you can unplug, which is not the same thing as, as abiding. One way to uh, unplug is basically to stay away from your, your Bible. Remember, it says to abide in Jesus' words. But first, let's look at some pictures together. These are going to come up on your screen, so they're going to flash up. Uh, this first picture is um, typical grapes on a vine. This is our, the typical mental image. These are perfectly sized grapes. They look juicy. They are in season, and they are ready for harvest. They are ready for the winemaking process. They are ready to be shared. This vine isn't, over, isn't overgrown or overcropped is the right term. Um, the branches you will see in this picture are supported. Okay, uh, next picture. This is a vine and its branch part, so, so actual terms. Um, notice at the very bottom of the picture, if you can, there are these suckers. They're not a part of the vine. Uh, <laughs> I bet you Judas was a sucker, okay? He was chosen as a disciple. He was a companion of Jesus. He looked the part, but he was a traitor. John 6, 66 through 71 says this. After this, many, after this, many of disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Okay, um, next picture. It's a picture of a wintered grapevine. This is pruned. This one's going to be hard to see, guys. It's when, when you understand this allegory. This one's pruned after the harvest. 
Notice this does not at all look like the first picture. This is a vine in winter, but notice the strong, healthy, established connection. I did a circle in red of the vine and the branch coming up. This is an extremely strong connection. This is a picture of abiding. Um, you can't just snap this branch off. I mean, it is just thoroughly established in this vine. And notice, like, the other branches you can see really well, like, hey, branch, hey, branch, you can, like, say hi to the other branches. Uh, I like that phrase because you can see your brother and sister in Christ, and you can see their establishment in Christ, and that actually is a beautiful thing to see your brother and sister in Christ being established in Christ. Um, this is a wintered vine and it has been pruned. And there, I want to share a, a tiny little nugget of a, a when I was pruned. When I thought things were going well, like this, like this vine probably looked like. It's doing well. It just had all of these beautiful grape, grape clusters and it was just picked off and, and it pruned. And I bet this, vi this vine is like, well, hey, what happened to what happened? Everything was going so good. That was actually something that happened to me probably about seven months or so. And it was about hearing God's voice, like his spirit in my mind and in my heart. And I felt like I really couldn't hear him. You know what he was doing? He was pruning his voice so I continue to abide in his word. Like this is my food. This is how I abide. And so it forced me to, hey, if I want to stay faithful in this whole abiding process, and not relying on hearing the Spirit's voice so strong, God, Jesus was pruning me back saying, plug into it, plug into my word. This is still my voice. Okay, next picture. This is a picture of an overgrown grapevine. Okay, doesn't it just look busy? Okay, it, it's kind of cute, like it's going over the railing and all this greenery, and but where's the fruit? Like, I can't see any fruit there. there. It's in there, but it's not big, juicy fruit. This is a word for somebody. Imagine yourself a, part, a branch on a vine, a branch on Jesus' vine. Is your life completely busy, out of control? A branch shoot here, a branch shoot here, all of these leaves. This is not going to produce big, healthy fruit because there is too much going on. Those shoots are sucking nutrients. In, in, instead of the fruit that needs to grow, instead of those fruit, that fruit getting nutrients. Um, it's, it's just crazy how when you study grapevines and look at the different pictures of grapevines and their branches, how you can look at a picture and be like, yeah, that's my life. I'm, I'm too busy. I've got way too many works going on. None of them are producing fruit. Okay, this next one is a picture of an old grapevine. I think it's actually literally over 150 years when I uh, Googled it. Um, I this one is pruned and productive. In comparison to the overcropped, busy green grapevine, this one doesn't have a lot going on. Uh, it's, it's, it is established. In fact, this grapevine looks wise. It is, has perfectly positioned fruit. Like, it's just dropping over so that someone can just go by and pick it up. I mean, I'm, I'm saying all this because I hope you're connecting it to your life. Like, what does your fruit look like? What, what, what are your branches? How, how are they being maintained? Okay, and this last picture. This is of a really sad looking grape leaf. There are signs of mildew and dryness. Um, I mean, just not, 
the leaves actually kind of are evidence of the health of the branch and ultimately the vine. And that's going to lead me into this next uh, section of, my, of the sermon is about asking. So let's go back to um, John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, so imagine if you're a, a branch and, and you, you, I mean, sorry, a leaf and you look like this. What would you be asking your vine dresser for? I mean, if you're dry, are, do you know enough to ask the Father God like, water me. If you're malnourished, do you know enough to abide in Christ and say, Lord, give me what I need? I mean, the vine dresser knows, but we have to ask, and he will give us what we need. Let's skip, um, go to uh, point number three. This is um, Psalm 25. Um, The question is, if we are grafted in and eternally connected to Christ, what does it really mean then to abide in Jesus? King David's psalms are his evidence of his abiding. Um, I'd like to show you uh, just a couple of things in my journal uh, before I read Psalm 25. But in abiding with Christ and spending time with him, here's a picture. God gave me a picture. It's of this plant, and there's this support stick. God told me I was going to be support, staff support. Months before I I was on staff um, helping to support the staff. Uh, a year before that, he gave me this picture of a woman teaching. And I was like, how am I going to teach the Bible? I mean, come on, I, I don't even know enough about the Bible enough to teach it. Well, if you abide in me, you learn a lot about the Bible. Uh, and that has come to, for, into fruition. Um, when I didn't know what to pray, abiding, the po- a poster of just the Lord's Prayer, I constantly went back to that. Like, if you don't know what to pray, just pray the Lord's Prayer. This is an entire journal of things that the Lord has taught me in my time with Him. And so let's go to Psalm 25. Um, it's a little bit lengthy, um, and so we may not have time to, to read it all, but I encourage you to look at Psalm 25. There are going to be verbs that he uses. There are going to be things that David asks. There are going to be um, just evidence of how David abides. Um, Psalm 25, I'll just read a little bit. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. I mean, he's saying, lead me, teach me, lift up my soul. He's praising God for his mercy, his steadfast love. He's, he's asking for repentance. He's asking God to remember him. I mean, he's praising God for being upright. He's He's praising God for instructing him. These are the kinds of things that you talk about when you're abiding in Christ. You're asking for help. You are praising the Father Father God. I mean, everything that you need, you're asking for, and you're trusting the Lord that he is going to help you. So um, in in just closing, um, I want to go back to verse 10 in this. It says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If you're still curious about how to exactly abide in God's love and abide in Jesus, the true vine, then let's go look at the commandments that Jesus gave. If you do these things, and maybe not all in one day, like it's not a to-do list, but if this is the style of your life, this is how you approach your life, then you will be abiding in Christ and you will be producing healthy fruit. Love one another, that's in John 13. Pray for your enemies, that's in Matthew 5. 
Repent, that's in Matthew 4. Believe that Jesus is the Father, that's John 14. Take up your cross and follow me, that's Matthew 16. Go and make disciples, Matthew 28, and pray always, that's Luke 21. If you do these things, if you keep Jesus' commandments, you will be abiding in Jesus, you'll be abiding in his love. So what if we um, did this not only in our personal lives, but as a church? I know we all desire for redeemed church to be fruitful and to bear much fruit. We desire the fruit to um, be good for each other. We desire the fruit of redeemed church to be good for our community. We desire the fruit of our church to be good for the, both the believers and the unbelievers. And so if you're listening and you are part of redeemed church, I have a challenge for you. If you can, can you come to our service on Saturday night at five o'clock? We have a prayer time between five and uh, five, five and five thirty. Would you come and pray with us? Could you can you pray over uh, the messages that our that our teachers are bringing? Could you pray over the outreach that we're going to be doing? Can you pray with us over this next year? Can you pray over uh, just for the Spirit to come in our church and to for the Spirit to transform our community? Prayer it says pray always. Come with us, let's pray together as a community, as a church, and let's see the fruit of our church grow. And I have a personal challenge for you, which is probably gonna be more applicable to you, is to evaluate. I mean, we, if you're a believer, you are abiding in Christ. And Jesus is the vine and he's always healthy. I mean, he is rooted in the, in the soil of, of, of God. Uh, there's nothing wrong with his vine. But when we, are, when we abide in Christ, sometimes, our branches can be overgrown. Uh, we could have mildew on our leaves, uh, as metaphorically. Evaluate your, your branch this week. Um, it, ask God, like, where, Lord, do you need, where, Lord, can you prune? I mean, so we need to ask, Lord, can you take away? Um, Lord, I feel sick, can you heal me? Um, you know, part of a vine dresser's job is to, is to work with the soil and to, I, I mean, I watch videos on this. It is fascinating. It's not just pruning. Father God does so much to dress our vines, to dress the branches, to make sure we're producing healthy fruit. So evaluate your branch this week. And, you know, my word was abide in 2020, and I'd like to pass that on to you. I know you probably have a word for this year, but take on this one because it truly is the secret to your best life. You you're not the one that produces the fruit. If you, I thought this, if I go to school and I learn more, then I will be ultra qualified to go and do what I want to do. You know, there's this verse in Leviticus, I believe, that, I mean, God says, connect with me. I will teach you how to do things. Um, you want to do this? I will give you wisdom for that. Um, Noah didn't know how to build a boat. God showed him. Um, was Moses. He was a terrible speaker, had a stuttering problem. God provided for him. I think he had Aaron be the one that spoke for him. And of course, Moses spoke, but God is the one that teaches you, that prepares you, that prunes you back to do the works that he has for you to do. Remember, the fruit is joy, peace, patience. Uh, maybe not even thinking of the external fruit so much this week is to think about your internal fruit. I mean, all of us, myself included, I don't always feel joyful, peaceful, patient, long-suffering, but he, it's season after season. This cluster of spiritual fruit is going to become more mature season after season. And there's gonna be times in your life where you're thinking there there's gonna be fruit all the time. Um, after a pruning, 
then becomes the you know, winner and it just looks dead. Well, God is working. And I just want to encourage you to take my word of 2020 and make it your word for the rest of 21 and honestly for the rest of your life. Abiding in Christ is truly the secret to your best life. And I have a bonus point for you. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that's, that's what the vine dresser wants. He is making us righteous in Christ. He's making us more like Christ. And let's close in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for this good, good, good word. It is truly one of the most amazing passages in the Bible. And I pray that this truly transforms lives. Let John 15 just be the, the foundation of every believer's heart. And if you're not a believer and you want to have this abundant, fruitful life that is filled with joy, peace, and all of these things, then Jesus is truly the way. And I just encourage you to just, just call out, reach out to Jesus and say, I want to abide in you. Can I abide in you? Will, will you graft me into your, your vine, Jesus? Um, thank you, God, for being our vine dresser. Thank you for the good work that you do, the pruning, the, the, t the cutting back, the, all of the things that you do in our lives to make sure that we're producing healthful, uh, healthy fruit um, for the blessing of others and for the abundant life that you have called us to, to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was an honor to be able to preach this. I honestly could preach about 12 more messages on this because the Lord has taught me so much. I mean, you could, you could focus on the vine dresser. You could focus on Jesus. You could focus on the fruits. You could focus on, you know, the picture of, going, you know, uh, of judgment. Um, there's so much with this. And so dig in and um, into the word. Be blessed.